Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm pastor here at LifePoint, located in Plano, Texas, and we meet here every Sunday at 1030, and we are here for your family. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Well, good morning. I want to kick off today having a little bit of fun as we begin this brand new series on relationships. If you wonder who is this series for, it's for those of us who breathe, okay? I'll just leave it at that and we'll talk about why as we go through the series. It's for all of us. Now, what I want to do though to have a little bit of fun to get kicked off today is ask you one question. If you could have a friendship, in fact, here it is. If there couldn't be a, if you could name one cartoon character or superhero with which you would want to have a friendship, who would that be? Let me tell you who mine is and then you can think about who yours would be. Mine would be Casper the Friendly Ghost. Now don't judge. How many of you remember Casper the Friendly Ghost? I know that shows my age a little bit. You know why I like Casper the Friendly Ghost as a friend? Because Casper was always nice. He was always generous. I guess Casper was a he, I don't know. Just thought of that. But Casper could go through walls. That's kind of a cool feature too. But I always thought, now Casper would be a good friend. It would be life-giving as a friend. How about you? If you could pick one cartoon character or superhero to be your friend, who would you choose? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask the person beside you who they would choose and take the next 10 or 15 seconds just to ask them their friend. Ready, go. Hey, those of you who are online, welcome. So good to connect with you today as you're there at home. If you want to just comment there in the comment section, your friend, superhero cartoon character. I love to go back later in the day and check it out. By the way, today, if you want to grab your Bibles, we're going to be in John chapter 15 here in just a couple of minutes. Welcome. All right, let's get started here today. Let's start over on this section over here to my far left, your far right. If you could pick one superhero or cartoon character to be your friend, who would that be? Just yell it out. Ready and go. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo? Who said Scooby-Doo? Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I don't know why. That's just interesting. Mark, that fits you. I like that. In a good way. That's a compliment. Okay, right here. Cartoon character or superhero. Who would it be? Superman. 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 I love that. Wow. What a great friend to have. All right, right here. If you could have anybody, superhero or cartoon hero, who would your friend be? Ready? Name it out. <laughs> PG, our pastor emeritus, said Tigger. Isn't that awesome? Perfect, perfect. All right, right here, who would your superhero or character be? Ready, go. SpongeBob. I love it. All right, right here, name, my, name the person who would be your favorite. Ready, go. Who? Boo Bear? Oh, Winnie the Pooh. No. It's somebody I don't know. Everybody knows who it is, except me. Good job. All right, last one right here. Name your character or your superhero. Ready, go. Who is it? Y'all don't have any friends? You don't need any friends. You have real friends, right? Anybody? Craig, who do you have? You got somebody. Johnny Quest. Very good. Didn't expect that one. That's good. Here's the reality. We might all see these people and think, wouldn't they be good friends? And some of them would be. I don't know about Tigger, but that's a good one. But here's the reality. We have real people as friends with real flaws, right? 
we go into relationships with people who aren't always nice, who can't walk through walls, and sometimes they have insecurities and they have weaknesses. These are real people, right, that we have in our life in these relationships. And I don't know about you, but I have noticed in my own heart, and you have this too, I walk into every relationship and I have my expectations. They don't have to be realistic, they're just there. I didn't intend to have these expectations, they just come with me. They're kind of these hopes and dreams I have for every relationship, you notice that? Like if you have a best friend, you expect them to give you certain things and to be a certain way. If you have a spouse or if you have a child or if you have a, a boss or if you have coworkers, you just sort of expect them to bring certain things to the table. And when they don't meet your expectations, isn't that frustrating? We have these expectations for every relationship. And it's always been that way. I remember when I was a little kid, I was in second grade and I had a seven-year-old girlfriend. Her name was Kim and she was amazing. You know why she was amazing? Because all I needed her to do was laugh at my jokes and she did that. I didn't have a lot that I demanded, but you know what? Every day we would get to go to the cafeteria and we got to have fish sticks and macaroni and cheese and she laughed at my jokes. And I thought if I could have this relationship in this capacity for the rest of my life, I would have everything that I needed. But after a few weeks or months, I don't know what happened. I think we just started to kind of grow apart. And and all of a sudden the fish sticks weren't as good as they used to be and she wasn't laughing quite as loud as she used to laugh and I don't think she thought my jokes were quite as funny as she used to think and then after a while we were no more. The relationship was flawed, it was imperfect, it didn't give me everything that I thought it would give me. And I've noticed this same cycle happens over and over in my life and I bet it does yours too. Maybe when you got to junior high you begin to look around and think, man if I could just sit at the table with those people, that's the popular group, then everything would be right. Or if I could get in high school and be on that team with those people, if I could be in that social circle, or if I could take her to the prom, if he would take me to the prom, then everything would be good. Or you get out of high school and you get a job and you start getting the job and you get a certain boss and you think, now if that boss would be a mentor in this way, if they would treat me this way, if I could have coworkers like this, then everything would be better. Life would finally be better. Or I want to get a boyfriend or girlfriend or a spouse and I think they just need to be a certain way. Children, I need them to be a certain way. Grandchildren, a certain way. It's this cycle and every time months or or years go by and eventually they always let us down because they aren't cartoons or superheroes. They're real people who are really flawed. And isn't that frustrating? They never fully satisfy. They never fully fulfill us, do they? And I can't help but notice, even though I know that's true, I still keep asking people to do that internally in every relationship. And I know it's in the DNA, it's in the water or something, because every song seems to imply to us, there is someone out there who will make you happy. There'll be a best friend that'll make you happy. There'll be a, a man or wife who'll make you happy. There'll be a, a coworker who could make you happy. There's someone that could really fulfill you. In every movie, we see this same message over and over again, and we know it's silly even when we hear it, and yet, we keep playing that record over and over again. And I don't know that there's a better scene than that famous scene from Jerry Maguire. You know that scene where Tom Cruise makes that statement that there's some other half of me that makes me full. Remember that scene? If you don't, check it out. Watch this scene. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and grab your tissues. That's fine. That's fine. I hear some of you laughing and some of you are going, I felt that. I want that, I need that, right? And it's not just with husband and wives, is it? Sometimes this is, if I could just have a child, 
I would feel complete. If I could just have a second child or a better child, if I could just have a, if I could just have a grandchild, if I could have a grandchild that behaved, right? Like we just go through this process. If I could just have a husband, if I could have a better husband, if I could have a marriage, I could have a better marriage. If I could just have a friend, if I could have a better best friend, if I could have coworkers, I could have better. We're always thinking the same thing. Then I will complete. All we want is for somebody to just satisfy us, somebody to fulfill us. It's what we all want and it's the same script over and over in every relationship that we bring to the table and all of us struggle to experience the reality of that scene. And so as we kick off this series on relationships, we're gonna talk about dating next week, we're gonna talk about marriage the following week, we're gonna talk about mean people the following week. You're gonna wanna be there and bring whoever you wanna bring that day. And then we're gonna talk about broken people and how to restore broken relationships in the final week. But today, as we kick off this entire series, I just wanna talk about a relationship myth that all of us struggle with. And I wanna say, I believe there is a genuine need that all of us feel, but we try to solve it with a myth over and over again. And we've been doing this since the beginning of time. And here it is, here's the relationship myth. There is one myth, and you say, well, what is the relationship myth? That is the million-dollar question. Here it is. The relationship myth is to believe that if I meet the right person, everything will be all right. You've got that next one. Once you meet the right person, everything will be all right. If I could just meet them, then everything will be, but here's the problem. I had the right person at seven years old. She was amazing for a few days, right? And all that tingling feeling, which by the way, I heard this week that when you feel that tingling feeling, it's just common sense leaving your body, right? (laughs) Like, I felt that it was amazing and then all of a sudden it just, well, hard things still happened. See, when Ginger and I got married, my wife, one of the things that we both quickly realized was weeks or months later was we still had hard things happen. And I couldn't give her everything she needs. She can't give me everything that I need because hard things still happen. And this is one of the challenges whenever you really believe in this relationship myth, which most of us do, even if we've never identified it, most of us believe that there's someone who will complete me in some way, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship. But here's the problem. If you believe this myth, when things get hard, then we will think this well, I must have chosen the wrong right person, right? This is the wrong right best friend. This is the wrong right boss, the wrong right coworkers, the wrong right spouse. And when we think that way, if we really believe there's a right person who will make everything right, when hard times come, I will think I must have chosen the wrong right person and therefore I immediately begin to think, well, I need to be looking now for the next right person in order for everything to be all right because I believe in the myth that there is a right person out there who will make everything right and this must not be the right best friend. I must need a different best friend. I must need a different partner. I must need a different boss. I must need a different relationship in my life to make everything right. But see, here's the bigger problem and we all know this. There's a dangerous, deeper assumption that we're making with this right person myth. And this is where it gets tricky. What we're really believing is that if I meet the right person, I will be made right. 
Because I know I have a front row seat to all my flaws, to all my weaknesses, to all my insecurities, to all my sins. And it's a lot of hard work to spend the next several years trying to become a better person. It'd be a lot easier if I could just meet the right person who would make all those things magically go away. And so there's where we just kind of jump into the easier approach and I begin to think if I could just meet the right person, not only will everything be all right, but I will be made right and poof, all my addictions and struggles, they just go away. And I don't have to be good at relationships, I don't have to worry about my character because everything's gonna be all right if I could just meet the right person. And here's the problem. No matter what Tom Cruise says, no matter what artist you listen to in your playlist says, you've never known anyone who actually experienced that. Oh, it's fun to watch people fall in love. It's hard to stay in love. And that's where we see people struggle over and over again. And here is where Jesus steps into the gap and he says something that's actually true. To blow up this myth that we all embrace Because though our need is true, that we're not complete, the solution our culture offers us is a myth that there is a person who can fill it. And Jesus says, don't fall for it. There is another way. And so today we're gonna look at what Jesus says the better true way is when it comes to relationships. And so I want you to do this. I want you to see these words from Jesus when it comes to the relationships that you have, the need that you have, and ultimately the solution that is true. John chapter 15, if you've got your Bibles, would you open them up and look with me? If you don't have a Bible, there's one there on the row. You can open them up and look in the table of contents, find the book of John. We're gonna be in chapter 15 today. I want you to see this ancient wisdom because this is so countercultural to everything that we hear, to everything we even feel, and I'm afraid to everything we even think. And Jesus said this 2,000 years ago, and it's just as true as if he were standing here today and saying it to us. Those of us who know we're incomplete and we're looking for someone else to complete us. Here is a countercultural truth. Now Jesus is at the end of his ministry by now in John chapter 15 and he speaks into this as we envision these relationships. And you may be new to the Bible, you may be new to Christianity and you may not be sure that you buy it at all. I get that, I am so glad that you're here and I just want you to hear this ancient wisdom and see if it doesn't resonate with you in a way that is true. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said in verse, chapter 15 verse one, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, and while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Now notice this, there are three different people, three different roles. God is the gardener, Jesus is the vine, and we are the what? We're the branch. So I want you to look at the person beside you and say, you are a branch. Tell them. Yeah, you don't have to be condescending about it. Just let them know. Here's, we are the branch. Now, sometimes I want to be the vine. Sometimes I wish I was the gardener. But I am nothing more, but I am nothing less than a branch. Now, what does that mean, though? Well, Jesus goes on to explain it. Skip a verse. Look down at verse 4. Jesus says, if you remain in me as I also remain in you, Watch this. In fact, would you just say these next few words out loud with me? Say that with me. No branch can bear fruit by itself. 
Would you just say that again with me? No branch can bear fruit by itself. In other words, you aren't complete. But you already knew that. So where do we look to be complete? That's where our culture differs from what Jesus is about to say. He says, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me, the vine. Now, you've all seen a vineyard. You know what that looks like. When we were in the Bay Area, we had a little boutique vineyard in the back property. We had seven rows of grapes. And I'll never forget because as you see these little vines that you would see branches come off of them. And it didn't matter how healthy a branch was. If it broke off or came disconnected from the vine, no matter how much fruit it had bared in the past, it would never produce fruit again. However, you could have this sickly looking, unimpressive little twig that was even broken off of the vine a little bit but was still somehow attached, continue to produce fruit. Not because it tried hard or was impressive but because it was simply attached to the vine. But what was really impressive to me was sometimes you could have two twigs or two branches and they would sort of cross over with one another. But if one of those two branches became disconnected from the vine, that branch would no longer produce fruit even though it was completely connected to a, a branch that was alive and receiving what it needed from the vine. In other words, one branch couldn't get what it needed from another branch. Now, what are we in the analogy? We are the, we're the branch. In other words, this is what Jesus is saying. You cannot get what you need from another branch. In other words, Jesus is saying, Tom Cruise is wrong, okay? No other branch can complete you. And this is really important to see that no other branch can be a life-giving source for another branch. They can never complete you. They can never fulfill or satisfy you, no matter how pretty they are, no matter how funny they are, no matter how popular they are, no matter how tingly you feel when you are around them, eventually you will discover that it is only the vine that can give you the life source that you need. And this is what Jesus is here to say, 2,000 year old advice, the vine is the only source of life for the branch. So you and I are here today and we're going to talk about relationships and how wonderful they are and how God uses them to make us more like him. But we must begin with this truth, that the vine is the only source of life for you and I. Jesus is the only source of life for you and I. And when I begin to ask a branch to give me what only the vine can give me, I will be sorely disappointed and so will they. Now look at the next verse because this next verse, verse five, summarizes it all and here is the ancient wisdom. In fact, this is going to be our memory verse for this series and so I wanna say it once and then I'm gonna ask you to stand in reverence to God's word and we will say it out loud together. It's John 15, five, it says, I am the vine and you are the, say it with me, branches, yeah. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, but watch this. Apart from me, you can do, say that word with me. Now you gotta say it like you believe it. Apart from me, you can do nothing. nothing. Would you stand with me? And let's say this verse together. We're gonna memorize this. If you don't already have it memorized, this is a powerful source of wisdom for our life. This applies in all areas, but it certainly applies in relationships. And so say it together out loud. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. 
apart from me, say it out loud, you can do, yeah, John 15, five. Oh, you sound great. You may be seated. We're gonna memorize that together. We're gonna own that together. We're gonna make sure that we fully understand that. In fact, I wanna illustrate what this is saying, reminding us from what Jesus is telling us about relationships, is I believe you and I show up like this in a relationship and we have a little bit of water, we have a little bit of love. It's pretty good. And we show up in the relationship and someone says, hey, you seem nice, I like you, you're friendly, and we're gonna have a friendship. You say, hey, can you give me a little bit of that kindness? Yeah, I'll do that. And they say, well, you didn't quite fill me up. And you're like, yeah, but I'm almost empty. I don't care, you didn't fill me up. I thought you were kind, I thought you were nice. I need more. And you say, well, this is no good. This isn't giving me what I need. And so then you go into a dating relationship and maybe you even get married and you begin to get to know each other and you say, okay, I need more. And so they begin to pour into you and you're starting to feel good and just all of a sudden they stop at some point and you go, wait a minute, I'm not full. And they say, yeah, but I'm almost empty over here. I don't have what you need. I can't give you what you need. And you're saying, well, no, you sure can't. And they're like, but can you give me, I can't give you what you need. And everybody's frustrated. And it's at this point where Jesus is saying one branch cannot give the other branch what they need one branch cannot be the life source for the other branch we are reminded that this is what Tom Cruise and others tell us all the time and we keep playing the script over and over yeah but give me more and you go look I'm giving you about everything I got and I'm still getting empty I'm not refilling and neither are you and I don't have the generosity left for you and this is where somebody has to re-engage what Jesus says, where he says that he is the vine and apart from him, we can do nothing. But if we remain in him, we will bear much what? We will bear much fruit. This is what we're after. And so somebody has to decide, you know what? I'm gonna take a step toward Jesus. And when I take a step towards spending more time with Jesus, I come back over here and all of a sudden, I begin to get filled up. And man, we're gonna have to spend a lot of time with Jesus because he's just slow today. Here we go. You know, sometimes it's a lot, hey, the seasons of life, right? There's the summer, there's the winter. Right now we're in winter, apparently. All right, we got a little spring going there. And all of a sudden we show up filled up. And when we're filled up, we didn't take anything from anybody else to get filled up. There wasn't another branch that contributed to our filling. We were simply connected to the vine. Now here's the really good news, and this is what we sometimes forget. If you don't hear anything else, I hope you'll hear this bottom line. I know that you wanna love other people. I know that you wanna love your neighbor. I know that you wanna love your spouse, you wanna love your kids, you wanna love your grandkids, you wanna love your coworkers, you wanna love your boss, you wanna love your employees. You wanna love those people around you. But how can you do that? Jesus reminds us that you will only be able to love other people when Jesus is your source. Your relationship with Jesus supplies your love to others. Your relationship to Jesus allows you to be full and give you generosity to other people. And here's the really tough news. You say, well, why would I even wanna be full? Why is that a big deal? Because when you're full, all the chaos goes out. All the anxiety can begin to diminish. All of a sudden, you see the selfishness begin to evaporate. And now you can be generous. Now you can love other people the way that you want to love. Why is it important to be full? We are allowed then to be generous. You say, 
Well, I want to be generous like that, but what does it ultimately look like? I wish we had a picture of what it would feel like to really be full like that, where I'm not looking for another branch to give me what they can't give me. Instead, I am truly attaching myself to the vine to receive what only God, what would that look like? And this is what I've been waiting to tell you about. I love what David describes in one of the most famous Psalms of all, in Psalm 23. I believe he describes what no one else could give him, and he searched, believe me he looked everywhere to everyone and he never would find what he was ultimately looking for and suddenly in his shepherd he found what we're all looking for and instead of listening to Tom Cruise now would you listen to David King David the second king of Israel in Psalm 23 listen to what he said he began by saying this the Lord is my shepherd It's like Jesus is the vine, the Lord is my shepherd. And here's what he's reminding us of. Someone else is in charge, I'm in their care. I'm not in charge. I have a shepherd who's in charge. The sheep aren't in charge, the shepherd's in charge. And then watch what he says. When you're in the shadow of the shepherd, watch what he says. In fact, would you say these three words out loud with me, the next three words? He says, the Lord is my shepherd, say it. I lack Now, wait a minute. In John 15, 5, it says that when you're apart from Jesus, you will have what? Nothing. David says, but when you're in the shadow of the shepherd, you will lack what? Nothing. You see the difference? I'm asking people to give me what only God can give me. And we are reminded from Jesus, apart from him, we will have nothing. And David reminds us, but when we're in his shadow, we will lack nothing. Nothing. What does it look like then to be in the shadow of the shepherd, to be finding him as my source of life? Look at the next verse it says. He, God, the shepherd, makes me the sheep, now in the analogy, I am the sheep. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now I love this because if you know anything about sheep, they will not lie down in green pastures until they're full. And when the shepherd leads me to green pastures, and I'm able to eat my fill, then I am free to lie down. It's what I want. But other sheep can't feed me. Only the shepherd can feed me. But he keeps going. He says he not only causes me to lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. Other sheep don't lead you to quiet waters. Only the shepherd will lead you to that kind of peace. And who lies down in green pastures beside still waters? Only the sheep that have been full from their hunger has been satisfied and only those whose thirst has been quenched. And other sheep can't do that. Only the shepherd can do that. And then ultimately watch what happens. He refreshes my soul. You see, I don't know what kind of year you've had in 2021 or what kind of season you're in with brokenness and anxiety in your heart. But most of us are after some kind of healing and no other person can give that. Only the shepherd refreshes the soul. And then what happens? You say, well, yeah, but we live in a broken world with broken people. There's evil all around and there's darkness and difficulties all around. It's not just all lying down in green pastures. And David was very honest because look what he says next. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? You are with me. God is with us, Emmanuel. Your rod of protection and your staff 
of guidance, they comfort me. Now, I don't know if you have fear in the new year, if you have a lot of unknowns that are ahead of you, but what David reminds us is no other sheep can protect you, but the rod of the shepherd can. And there are paths of righteousness in verse three that we will go down that other sheep can't know about and can't lead us toward. But the staff of the shepherd guides us. Other sheep cannot guide you down paths of righteousness. Only the shepherd. But then watch this. And this is where others in your life will benefit when you are in the shadow of the shepherd. Look at this next verse. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil and with you my cup overflows. There's more than enough for me when I'm in the shadow of the shepherd. I'm allowed then to bless others. Even my enemies are blessed when I live in the shadow of the shepherd. And then he goes on to say, you know what? I'm gonna quit asking branches to satisfy me. I'm gonna quit asking other sheep to satisfy me. Look what he declares in the last verse. He says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I will be satisfied there no matter my circumstances because I realize that he and he alone is the source of life. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about dating, we're going to talk about marriage, we're going to talk about mean people, we're going to talk about broken relationships, and all the places we look to find love, to find support, to find encouragement, to find community, and those are all important things. But where we must start is where Jesus takes us back to, and where David takes us back to, and I hope you hear this and you believe it, and it is this, there is only one relationship that can give you everything you need. And his name is Jesus. You see there in Romans, we are told by Paul, Romans, the end of chapter one, that our temptation will be to look to the created to give us what only the creator can give us. And when it comes to the relationships, we are constantly looking to the created, other people, other branches, other sheep, to give us what only the creator, only the vine, only the shepherd can give us. What we need to do is recognize there is only one who can complete you. There is only one who can truly satisfy, can truly fulfill the needs of your heart. And some of us are here today, and if we're really honest, what we already know is we have become empty. And we feel more and more like this, and less and less like this. And as we enter a new year, maybe just maybe we begin to ask, well, what is the first step I need to take to having healthy relationships again? And can I just tell you what Jesus just told us? He said, it's time to spend more time with Jesus, to get reconnected to the vine, to simply spend time, no matter how fast the water's coming out or how slow the water's coming out, just spend time there with your Savior. The only relationship that can give you everything that you need. This may mean for some of us, it's time to spend more time in his word. It's time to spend more time in prayer. It's time to spend more time in community. And we're gonna launch life groups again in a couple of weeks. We need to be in those. We need to be filling ourselves with the water that only comes from the vine. It's why I'm so excited about this next class next Sunday. 
One of the things we're doing in that class is we're trying to help people not only want to learn more about the church, but who just want to get more connected, who want to grow in their faith and get reattached to the vine. We are serious about this because we know that that's the greatest need that all of us have. I want to invite you to that. If you haven't filled out or registered for that, just go and register for that. We'd love to see you there next week. It's a strong way to start a year by reattaching to the vine. I want to tell you, you will not gravitate toward having your cup filled. You will always gravitate toward Netflix, social media, influencers, and spending time on things that are internally significant. It requires intentionality on our part to really spend time with Jesus. And I want to encourage you this week, would you just commit, God, I'm going to figure out a way to unplug, and I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to increase the time I'm spending with you for he is the only relationship that can give you what you ultimately need. I want to ask us to do this as we close today. I want to ask you if you would just close your eyes and lower your head, and I want to ask you a couple of questions. First, there are some of us here, if we're honest, in the privacy of this moment, you would say, I know that I need more time with Jesus. Life's been busy, but I need to get reconnected to the vine." And in the privacy of this moment, I just want to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand if that's you? Say, I need to get reconnected to the vine. I need to spend more time with Jesus. Yeah, a lot of us. A lot of us. Yeah. Thank you for your honesty. I just want to pray for you right now. God, I know there are people here who raised their hands, some who didn't, who have a genuine desire to spend more time with you. God, would you lead them courageously to be intentional this week? God, would you fuel that desire? for us to be in your presence and to reconnect with you this week. Father, you and you alone can meet the needs of our heart. We just wanna be with you. And today, as we continue to pray, if you would keep your eyes closed for a second, as your heads are lowered, I wanna talk to some others who are in this room. Some of you know that your container is empty, that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and you do not feel like you are even connected to the vine. And I just want you to know, if you feel like you're here and you are unworthy of his love, can I just tell you something very personal? Jesus came to the cross for you. Jesus wants you to be connected to him. He demonstrated his love for you on the cross. He knows what you would do and what you have done, and yet he demonstrated his love for you by leaving heaven and coming to earth and sacrificing a perfect life on the cross. And then he rose from the dead for you. And Jesus says, if you will call on his name and you will surrender to him, that you can have an eternal relationship with him that begins today and that he will complete you, he will satisfy you, and he will give you what you were created to enjoy, not because you're good, but because you're loved by our Jesus. I believe some of you are ready to make that decision even here today to say, I want to receive the love of Jesus. I want to accept it. And today I want to give my life to the Savior, to this Jesus. And in the privacy of this moment, would you just, if that's you, raise your hand right now and let me pray for you. If you're ready to receive his love, if you want to give your life to him today, I want to pray for you. Would you just slip your hand up right now and let me pray for you? Just slip your hand up right now. Let me pray for you. Yeah. I just want to ask you to pray this prayer after me. There's nothing magic in this prayer, but would you just say this prayer after me? Heavenly Father,
Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you make me brand new? I believe Jesus died for me so that I could be not better, but new. Father, would you send your spirit to live in me and would you become my shepherd? Help me to love others like you do and help me to follow you for the rest of my life for my life is not my own. You today are my savior and Lord. Amen. I hope today's message was an encouragement to you. And if you'd like a little more information about our church, just visit us on our website at lifepointplano.org.